Hello, my name is Zdeněk, and you're listening to Zdeněk's English Podcast. And this is, in fact, part four of the Taking the Delta series. When will this end, Zdeněk? I hear you asking. Well, I can promise that this is the penultimate episode, so there is only one more um, to go after this one. All right? There will be five parts of the series altogether. Today I'm going to talk about LSAs 2, 3 and 4. Just to remind you, LSA is a language skills assignment and you have to uh, do four of these. These are four lessons that you prepare, um, you write essays and then you teach the lessons. It's a hell of a work um, and it's very stressful, okay? So it is the most important thing of the whole course and it determines whether you succeed or not and how well you do. You can get a distinction. Not many people get that, to be honest with you. It, you have to be really exceptional. You can get a merit, you can get a pass and you can get a fail. So in the last episode I described to you how I handled LSA1 and I thought that I handled it quite well. And also, the fact that I was a little disappointed about it, I also mentioned that. Um, uh, I was a little disappointed with the um, assessment of the lesson. But overall, I was satisfied that it was out of the way. Now, in this episode, I'm talking about LSA 2. So, for LSA 2, you always have a different tutor. Okay, You have the same tutor for LSA 1 and 3. The, the LSA 4 is... Uh, externally assessed, but for LSA 2 you have a different tutor. Just to, I suppose it's just to kind of have variety of the the assessment, just to make it more reliable, I suppose, in terms of the objectivity or something like that. Anyway, um, so I was, to be honest with you, I was quite looking forward to impressing the second tutor. She was an American woman, so I thought I would show her how a Czech person can teach uh, a lesson in English, uh, an English lesson in English, in her native tongue, and how how a Czech person can nail it. So I chose um, um, listening for for my second lesson, because um, I was saving grammar for the uh, assessed lesson, so I I had to do the skills at this point, so I chose the listening, And uh, to be honest with you, I had read one book about listening. I hadn't read much prior to the course, but I I had read this one. And um, yeah, it's it's quite a thick book. And I didn't really understand everything in this book. It went into an incredible amount of detail. And it was purely academic stuff, which which, um, I have to say I understood little of. Uh, But I managed to scrape through it, you know, it was tough, but I did. I read the book, so I kind of did understand more about the, the listening and what kind of processes are involved when this happens and what kind of micro-listening skills there are and the listening sub-skills and what have you, okay? So I thought I was kind of ready for this because um, I think it was the during the interview that I, I had been told that I should really read a book on listening, so I did so. Uh, So I was pretty confident about this topic, and I chose the radio news. 
Uh, I thought it would be interesting to to do the radio news as the as the listening uh, topic because you know um, as a learner of English, if you are a little bit autonomous, especially at this level, because I was teaching the advanced group, I think it's it's a good thing to do to listen to radio news on regular basis to have it as part of your learning routine. Okay, I think it can push your English and. Um, i do it myself. I listen to a lot of English language, not really radio news, because uh, it's a bit painful to listen to the radio news these days, isn't it? Uh, con- considering what's been happening in the world. So um, I choose to listen to podcasts, as you know, and I listen to a number of podcasts. Uh, and my favorite podcast is, and I don't think it will come to you as a as a, a big surprise, it's Zdeniek's English... No, it's it's not. No. No, it's Luke's English podcast. Okay, that's my favorite podcast. So, um, yeah, I thought radio news would be a good topic. And I was looking for a good piece of radio news to build the the, uh, the lesson around, you know. And um, obviously I went for the BBC because uh, it's an embodiment of radio news. Um, so I found something that I thought was kind of topical. Um, where... Uh, the 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 time when i was take taking this second assessed lesson was right before the start of the olympic games as far as i can remember right before the decl- uh, the opening ceremony so i thought it was quite topical because i chose um a piece of radio news in which they actually talked about um thought it attack uh in in which they actually arrested uh a group of Islamic warriors in Brazil who were preparing a terrorist attack. So I thought it was quite interesting because it was topical. The Islamic State is a threat in the world these days. And uh, they had had a lot of success previously in Europe and other places, killing innocent people. And I thought it was kind of positive that actually uh, the Brazilian police arrested these these guys and prevented Uh, uh, a major catastrophe, um, a disaster during the Olympic Games. So I went for this, and um, yeah, I, 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 uh, I thought it was a little controversial as well because obviously the Islamic State and all that. And it's good to have controversy, a bit of controversy, in uh, the lesson because it can promote a, dis- a good discussion, you know. And um, yeah, overall, I thought it was an interesting topic because um, it's so it's connected to sport, the Olympic Games and uh, the Islamic State. I think everybody has to say something to this. So, you know, I was looking forward to to doing this. Actually, it was to be an engaging lesson. So over the weekend, I researched the topic and um, yeah, there is something that unfortunately that uh, happened um, to me during um, this weekend and it wasn't pleasant at all um, and I think it might have partly influenced um, influenced my preparation but not to a large extent I may have had a little bit less time for it um, what am I talking about well it's hard to talk about these things but I, I suppose it's part of life so You know, I had to take my dog to the vet and had it put to sleep. Uh, you know, my dog, the the one that made several appearances on this very podcast. Um, and now he is uh, 
in a better world. Yes, uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, to put to put uh, an animal to sleep, and um, if you are in a better world, basically, um, it, the animal had to be put down. It had to be, it had to be basically killed uh, by a vet um, with an injection, and that's because my dog go- had got sick, and the vet recommended euthanasia because uh, the dog was really suffering and you know I, I trusted the vet because I had known her for a longer time and um, this had to be done and it wasn't pleasant at all because you know considering the Delta context this was another thing I had to deal with and that didn't help at all I had slightly less time and my mind was drifting away during the preparation of this lesson because of that it was very sad overall I had this dog for more than 12 years, you know, and he was with me uh, through the most difficult period of my life. I think I've mentioned this period of my life on the podcast. I don't want to I don't want to go back to it. But uh, I was really gutted this weekend, you know. It really it really got me. It really got to me. And um the worst part was that I I had to dig a grave and bur- bury him, which was very very sad, very gloomy. And dark and somehow though I managed to pick up the strengths to write the BE be a background essay uh, I don't know how to be honest with you I guess I managed it because I had to you know sometimes when you have to you just uh, you just do it it was probably good that I that I had something to do actually because I mean there was something to hold on to, you know, just just to forget, even though it was hard uh, when you have to write lines of an essay and then just uh, this thought of your dog keeps coming back to you. I think you understand what I'm talking about, don't you? Well, anyway, this was a sad thing and uh, this whole dog situation was a little bit foreshadowing what was going to happen. Um, but first things first, I handed my BE and the lesson plan so uh, the, let me let me have a look at what my lesson aim was. Um, so the main lesson aim was to develop listening for gist and listening in detail in the context of the BBC radio news. And um, uh, I was expecting my regular group of advanced students, to be honest with you. There were 12 in the group, and I taught most of them... Uh, uh, during my uh, first uh, LSA, uh, but only six of them came. That was a bit surprising. And what's even what was even more surprising was that that half of them were teenage girls from from the age of fourteen and seventeen. I didn't have so many teenage girls during my first LSA, and none of the adult learners turned up. None of them. It was just the teenage girls. Well, the lesson, the D-Day, it started with a small talk, and then I played the listening. Um, By the way, I think I should play you the listening. Here it is. Let me find it. Welcome to the latest global news compiled in the early hours of Friday, the 22nd of July. I'm Jackie Lennard with a selection of highlights from across BBC World Service News today. Coming up, police in Brazil say they've arrested 10 people suspected of discussing possible acts of terrorism during the Rio Olympics next month. 
Sadly, several messages show the degradation of these individuals. They were celebrating the attack in Nice and previous attacks in France and sending between them images of the executions carried out by Islamic State. They began to intensify their discussions a few days ago. So how much of a threat do the Brazilian authorities think these individuals posed? A question for our Brazil correspondent, Wira Davis. Well, it's serious, it's important, but they're also quite keen to play it down. What there isn't is any specific target. There's no specific evidence of an organised, financed attempt to attack the Olympic Games. But nonetheless, police had decided that there was enough evidence against this group of men, 12 individuals, 10 of whom have already been arrested, to warrant detaining them. They had used social media, WhatsApp and Telegram networks, to express support for Islamic State, to share information about Islamic State, to revel in Islamic State's apparent attacks in Europe, and also to begin the stages of trying to procure weapons, AK-47 assault rifles from neighbouring Paraguay. So Brazilian officials felt there was enough evidence there of the initial stages of a planned attack to arrest these guys. But going on from there, as I said, there was no specific or substantial evidence of a target yet, even though the Rio games are taking place in two weeks' time. And there is significantly enhanced security now in Rio because of what happened in Nice a couple of weeks ago. Okay, so this was the the listening that I based uh, the the whole lesson around. And uh, yeah, um, it it turned out to be quite hard for the students. So I had to play it twice. And you know, playing the gist task twice eh, might not be the best idea. Anyway, I also had to play the main uh, listening task twice. And, you know, what normally happens to, to the Delta candidates, and this is the most common problem, is that you overplan your lesson. Well, obviously, I overplanned this one. And also, I made some bad choices. You know, one mistake led to another. And I was doomed. I was just doomed. But what was even worse was that I included an activity, post-listening, and this activity was meant to develop my students' listening skills. You know, they, they told us that it's not enough to just practice listening. You have to, in, the, in a Delta lesson, you have to develop your learners' uh, listening skills. How do you do that? Well, um, perhaps you discuss uh, the, the different ways you can listen to a piece of uh, listening for. So, for example, you listen for general understanding or do you listen to just get get some specific information or do you listen in detail to understand everything? There are various ways you can listen to a piece of recording for. And so you have to kind of make, make your stu- students aware of these ways and you have to ask them where else they would listen uh, to such piece of in to such piece of recording and so on so I was trying to incorporate this into my lesson and I did so with uh, an additional activity which was like a reflection and unfortunately I went too much into the terminology and it just the, the, the design of the task was just too hard too difficult they didn't get it at all yeah so it was quite desperate to be honest with you I I was I was during the lesson like when you feel it's all it's all going to the dogs, which I think is kind of symptomatic of of the whole week that I had there, then you can kind of feel it, you know. And it doesn't help. It doesn't help because it it puts extra pressure on you. 
because you have to try and turn it around. You know, even if it's not going well, there is, you still have a chance to do something about it. You still can make some changes, some some make some tweaks to the lesson in the process. But that's very hard. That's very demanding because you have to basically abandon your lesson plan. You know, but it's still possible. I did. I didn't really. I didn't really cope. I didn't really do this well. So um, yeah, the, just the whole lesson was over ambitious. And um, when I had been preparing for this, I just couldn't see it. I just. I just couldn't see how this could possibly go wrong because I had known they were advanced students. I, I had seen my students before. I, I, I had I had seen what they could do, how well they could handle the language. Yeah, but unfortunately this time it was the teenage girls. And I could feel they were not enjoying the lesson. They did not understand the instructions well. I was trying to be helpful. There was one girl that kind of knew everything. For her, uh, the lesson was logical. And, you know, I, I tried to help the others. And, but, you know, the teens can be quite ruthless sometimes. Uh, the, the adults can hide emotions, but teens can't. So the, there was this, this another girl who just kept frowning at me, like as if she didn't like the lesson. So this wasn't helping either. Despite the fact that I was, I was really trying hard to, to help her, you know, to just show her what to do. And I was doing the other parts of my job well. Like I was monitoring, I was you know, being helpful and all that. But I knew the lesson wasn't going that well. Yet I felt that the amount of work I put into it, the professional manner in which I taught the lesson, should overweight the fact that the students understood little and generally didn't enjoy the lesson. Considering circumstances, I did what I could. I really did, trust me. Um, so, I was... I was really really disappointed with my performance in the lesson but i was still a little bit hopeful that perhaps perhaps you know it was not all my fault that perhaps it could be taken in, into account what kind of students turned up and and what kind of circumstances there were and all that so um yeah i went i went to the feedback you know feeling nervous really feeling nervous when you go to the feedback, you're you're usually like prepared for everything. Well, I was prepared to fail. I was uh, because I had been preparing for this verdict for two two days. Okay, uh, but I was secretly hoping that the tutor would help me. You know, would just forget about something that happened in the lesson. Well, how wrong was I? She was ruthless. She spit it into my face. I mean. Not literally, you know. She didn't really spit on me or any, anything. I don't think she can do that. I don't think it's appropriate. Uh, I think she might be penalized. She might not. Um, she might not keep the job, you know. If she started spitting into the candidates' faces, I don't think Cambridge would ever would ever appreciate that. Well, I mean, she was ruthless. She was trying to be nice about it. But she went like, Zdeněk, I think you already know the result. And uh, yeah, I didn't like the sound of it. I didn't like the sound of it at all. Uh, I mean, she was trying to be nice, you know. 
It's not easy to give a negative feedback, to deliver bad news to someone, you know? Can you imagine it? Can you imagine when you have to fire someone, for example, from a job? Or have you, have you ever done that? You have to try to say it in a way that the recipient of the news takes it, you know, somehow. Um, um, so I thought, I took it. I thought when she said I failed, I thought I was okay with it. Because after all, I was kind of ready for it. I kind of knew the lesson wasn't ideal. I mean, there was really nothing I could really argue about, like when she was giving me the, the reasons for failing. Um, it all made sense to me. But maybe, maybe I thought a few things were not as bad as she was describing it. But overall, her justification kind of made sense. Maybe I didn't realize it at the time, partly because I saw red. Um, I didn't cry or anything. Men don't cry. Well, they do, but not after a failed lesson. No, I didn't cry. But I was extremely, extremely pissed off. Sorry, there is no other way to describe it. I was pissed off. Really, really furious and angry. At whom? At myself? At the tutor? The students? The fate? Well, to be honest with you, I was kind of pissed off at everyone. Yes, everyone. Even the people on the train. The people I met in the street. I was pissed off at the whole world. Looking back at this with the benefit of the hindsight, there was no way this lesson could have possibly passed. It was shambles. It was a disaster. It was a badly prepared lesson, a wrong choice of activities, and I was not flexible enough in the, in the lesson itself. I should have responded to what was going on in the lesson. I should have just dropped some activities, you know. You can do that. You don't, always have, you don't always have to teach by your plan. You can make adjustments uh, along the way. But under such pressure, it is not always easy to make the right choices, you know. And it is not like I could scrap the whole listening. I just wonder what could have happened if the, if the adult learners had turned up. Uh, those might have enjoyed a piece of such authentic material a little bit more, you know. Uh, those might have been more into the whole Islamic State situation. Because teenage girls, to be honest with you, if you are a teenage girl, I, I, I might have some teenage girl listeners, but, I, I mean, you, you all kind of know what teenage girls are like. I mean, nothing against them. Nothing against them. It's part of your life. It's part of your growing up. But if you are 14, 15, 16... This is not what you're interested in, right? Not the Islamic State. Unless you are some kind of a geek, you're not. So, it was all just wrong. And, you know, after LSA 2, I felt absolutely devastated. My confidence was crushed. Um, I hate losing. I'm, I'm someone you could call a sore loser. I learned to lose in some areas in my life, but I... I always find it extremely difficult to lose in something I believe I'm genuinely good at. And up to this point, I had thought that I'm a good, I was a good teacher. But was I really? Well, I started doubting myself in the profession. I was... Oh, God. 
such a such difficult feeling that was. You have no idea. I think it has to do partly with your ego as well. To be honest with you, I hadn't failed any lessons at my university or I hadn't failed even any exams. There was only one exam I failed. And it was like, it was an exam that 90% of all students failed. So, because it was too hard, they didn't prepare us for it well. So, I, I wasn't really used to this kind of thing. I passed all my SOTA lessons. I didn't fail anything during my SOTA. So, what happened as a response to this? I started blaming everyone else around me. I started behaving like a fool. And you would say like, okay, maybe it's just a moment when when you hear out the verdict. Like maybe it's just the, the evening. But no, it took me days. You know, I was behaving like a fool. I went to the input sessions and you could tell that you could tell that something was wrong with me. I was like a kid who, who was deprived of his toys or something. I was grumpy, very cynical. Even more cynical than I normally am, you know. I'm quite a cynical person, I would say. My cynicism is well known uh, on this podcast as well, isn't it? Uh, so I was cynical towards the other candidates. My friends, I became toxic, you know. The, I, I became this kind of person you wouldn't want to be around. Because I was very unsupportive. Because I couldn't handle my own situation. This is where I lost some of, some of them, I think. Yeah, I think... Uh, you know, I might have lost some friends there because of that. Because looking back, back at my behavior, it was unacceptable. It lasted one week. Can you believe it? One whole week. Yeah. And I was even talking back to the tutor during the input session. I was really, really strange. Like she would ask me this question. Yeah. I was really being difficult. And I, I responded in a way that would kind of... How can I explain it? Yeah, she asked me a question, okay, and it was related to listening, and I threw it, I threw it back at her that uh, it was some kind of sarcastic comment, which basically, it was related to the, to the failed lesson, and it sounded as if I blamed her or something, she just glossed over it, okay, because, I mean, what can she do, and she's used to such things, because it's normal there. Right? You have like people, this, this, this course is taken by ambitious people who really want to achieve something in the world of ELT. And often these people have high egos, you know, and they are ambitious. And when you fail such ambitious people, well, this is quite common. I wasn't, I wasn't the only one who behaved like this, to be honest with you. There were more people like that. There were more. But you, you kind of um, uh, focus on yourself because... It's impossible. It's impossible to just... Because you don't have time to talk much to, to the other people. But I knew it. I knew this was happening. I heard it from others. There were more people who had similar problems like me. Uh, so one week... This lasted one week. After one week, um, I realized that this was not the way I should behave. And I wrote some kind of an action plan for myself in order to start behaving differently. It was, it was basically a list of things that I have to change about myself. Like, I should stop self-pity. I should stop being negative. I should uh, bounce back. I should just forget about this lesson. That I should uh, be supportive. That I should be... That I should just take the highway, you know? So I wrote down the list of things. And I put it, I put it in, in my wallet. I remember that. 
and yeah, I had I had a talk with the tutor. Like she told me that I have to I have to forget about this. That this this is normal for the for the delta. This happens, and I she told me you have to forget about it. You have what it takes. She was trying to be supportive. You have what it takes. You can do it. You just have to get over this. And uh, the sooner the sooner it happens, the better for you. Trust me. So this is she kept telling me that, and then I then I showed her the the action plan that I wrote. This was basically, it, it kind of dawned on me that I had to do something about myself. Otherwise, it would just, you know, eventually doom me. Do you know what I'm talking about? Does it all make sense to you guys? I'm talking about a failed LSA lesson. I wonder how many of you have had this experience. Uh, perhaps none, perhaps one. Perhaps you are about to have this experience. Who knows? The bottom line is, it can, it can really crush crush you it can really crush your confidence it can really uh, make you feel very very bad about yourself you know the my ego was so so low and my confidence dropped to a record low and i started behaving like an idiot like a guy with wounded pride who is unable to move on just to accept the defeat and and uh, realize that it can even make me stronger you know if losing makes you stronger if eventually uh, because you know you have to work harder, and you know you know uh, how it feels. You know what it feels like when you fail. So in order to to succeed, you just work harder. So yeah, the worst thing about this was that I put extra it put extra pressure on me. You know, because now there were two lessons I had to pass. I had to pass my. LSA 3, and I had to pass my LSA 4. If I hadn't passed it, um, I would fail I would fail the whole course. Um, yeah. So, I mean, concerning LSA 4, everybody had to pass this one, because that's the externally assessed, the externally assessed one. Again, I was not the only one who, who failed their lessons. There were more people with failed lessons, so... Uh, but uh, there were some people who didn't. So, anyway... Others had little stories like me, as I said, not dissimilar to mine. Some of them failed two lessons, but most people failed at least something. There were some who failed nothing, but they were in large minority. They really had to mop off, mop up a lot of tears from the classroom floors after the feedback with the tutors. They really did, trust me. Um, the best word to describe my behavior was that I became salty, yeah? Which means like tough, negative, cynical, aggressive, even aggressive a little bit. Not not aggressive that I would start hitting people or fighting people. Not that, but aggressive with my attitude, you know. I just wasn't myself. I spoke to my tutors and they saw how I started behaving. And I think they understood me. And they had this experience, as I said. So, yeah, it, it this happens mostly to guys, by the way. Girls cry, yeah, and they get over it. And I think they move on quick, quicker, easier than guys. Because guys, they keep some kind of injustice. I think that's the ego. Like, guys have more ego than girls for some reason. Yeah, this is just some kind of sense of injustice or something that was in me. And it was hard to explain. I felt like the others were worse teachers than me, you know, first week. I thought I was really good when I saw some of the lessons. And, you know, again, it comes down to me... Comparing myself to the others, yes, it's just it's just me. I think it's it's natural to do it to some point, but sometimes 
when you do it the way I did it there, it becomes a bit unhealthy. A bit of competition is good, but you, you just have to accept who you are, you know. And you have to accept the fact that there are people who will always be better than you and you can't please everyone and you should just focus on yourself rather than trying to be like the others. Just be yourself, okay? I don't know. I just sometimes I, I have a problem with this sometimes. Um, but it was stupid of me because I didn't really see them teach the, the, the other students. I didn't see them teach the observed lessons. I saw them teach the unobserved ones which kind of gives you some sort of impression and you, you just have have a picture of what, what kind of teachers they are. And I thought I, was, I wasn't the worst one by far. But um, yeah, the bottom line is you inevitably end up comparing yourself, especially if you are me. Okay, so I think it's enough of, of, of this rant. If not, it's enough of this ramble about the LSA 2. Let's move on to LSA 3 and I promise I will not spend so much time on this. Uh, what was my LSA 3? Well, it was a speaking lesson uh, prepared on the topic of telling the anecdotes. I taught my students some expressions uh, which you can use when you tell anecdotes. Um, now, I had a different group. This time it was pre-intermediate group because that's what happens uh, sometime in the middle of the course. Uh, you swap your students, you swap the group. So I was teaching the pre-intermediate group and... I really made sure that this lesson was successful. I went an extra mile when preparing it because I was under so much pressure and this failure was still deep inside me. Uh, I still had it in my head. I couldn't get it out, you know. It was still there, uh, this failure of the second assessed lesson. So I didn't take any chances. I had my essay proofread. That's what you always do, by the way. Because the tutors recommend it. When, when you write um, an essay like that, which is super long, as you know, 2,500 words or so, uh, you inevitably make a lot of mistakes, a lot of typos and misspellings. Even with a spell checker, it just happens. All right. So you have to ask your friends to proofread for you. You kind of help each other out. And it's nothing against the rules. You know, they, they recommend you to do this. Um, so... Yeah, um, well, what can I tell you? Compared to the previous lesson, I knew after after uh, delivering this lesson, I knew I must have passed it. But I thought the lesson was not as good as uh, the first lesson. But I, I knew I, it, was, it, it must have been good enough to pass it. Um, uh, anyway, like before, I went to hear out my verdict. And this time it was with uh, the, the same tutor as, as I had my first LSA which already made me a bit more reassuring. Um, it's not that I didn't like the tutor who, who, um, who I had during my LSA 2. It's just that uh, this experience of her telling me that I failed, this was just so deep inside my head. Like, I, I don't know, I can't, I can't explain it. There's nothing I could ever possibly have against her. Yeah? Uh, at the end of the day, it was all my fault, the lesson, right? 99% it was all my fault. And 1% maybe the students, 1% uh, uh, maybe the fact that there were no adult students during the lesson, but it's something he can't really do anything about anyway. So I don't know why I'm even talking about it again here. Um, well, and guess what? Guess what? 
I couldn't believe it. She gave me a merit. I received merit for my LSA3. She said to me that this was an effective piece of uh, an effective piece of teaching. So my tutor said there was just one thing that went wrong, and that was when I was giving a model of where were we, which was one of the expressions that I was teaching my students um, for telling an anecdote. And I said, where were we, instead of where were we. So I stressed the wrong word. I thought were was supposed to be weak there. I, I thought were, in English, when you speak English, were has a weak form. So I knew that, but for some reason, it's not the case when uh, it's this sentence. That's because were is the main verb in that uh, sentence. So where were we rather than where were we? Okay, where were we is the right way to pronounce. So I modeled it wrong to my students and uh, she noted down, but she said this was just a, a, a minor, minor problem. And the lesson went really well. And yeah, I, I was very happy. You have no idea how happy I was. I was so relieved and so I was really like it was such a huge contrast to the previous lesson huge contrast of emotions i went on the train after the lesson i went on the train i had like two beers i had never ever drunk two beers in one hour on a train it was so strange i got drunk on the train just to uh, you know just to calm myself down this result this lsa3 result really cheered me up a lot it cheered me up so much after what happened in the LSA 2, you have no idea how important this was for me. It gave me my confidence back, you know. I still I still remembered what happened during the LSA 2. It was like a warning, you know. It was like a reminder of, of how I shouldn't behave. And But this LSA 3, um, it, it really showed me that I can do it. I have what it takes. And yeah, it was great. So... LSA 4. For the LSA 4, and I always knew I would do this, I went for the grammar. I decided to teach grammar. I always knew I would. And that's because grammar is my, arguably, it's my biggest strength. It's something I am really confident in because I love linguistics. I, I studied it at university and I was really good at it. So I knew I had to teach grammar as my last lesson. And my, and my best Strength is syntax. I love syntax. Syntax is a linguistic discipline when you deal with uh, words, uh, actually, not words, uh, sentences and clauses and the structure of the sentences, you know, like complex sentences, subordinate clauses or uh, independent clauses, adverbial clauses, object clauses, also uh, the relative clauses. Yeah. And yeah, so I decided to go for time clauses for this lesson. And whenever you teach grammar, you need a context, you know. So, as you know, I hate using book material. And I need to impress. I have this um, compulsive compulsive uh, urge. I have this urge to impress. You know, I always need to impress. And I knew an external assessor would come to assess my lesson. So I wanted to impress, you know, because I hate doing things... Uh, by the book. I want to do things my way and I want to show everyone that I can do it and I am very creative. I love it. I love it. Um, some, may, some may call it stupid and stubborn, especially when you have so much work, like during the intensive Delta course, 
why would you ever do something like that? Why would you ever design your own activities like that? Rather than just finding some in the library in, in a book um, bookshelf. It just doesn't make sense. But, you know, this is who I am. It just makes me feel good to do that. So, I had to create a context for these time clauses. You know, time clauses are like clauses with as soon as, when, after, before. Uh, you need to use present simple in time clauses, you know. For example, as soon as I finish recording this, I will, um, I will have lunch. So, you need to use present simple after as soon as, in a clause with as soon as. So, I, this was what I was going to teach. And... I thought uh, the students would enjoy hearing my colleague's voice again, so I decided to ask him uh, to record uh, the context with me. Yeah, because uh, I knew what Delta assessors wanted to see, I also prepared a lesson which was TTT rather than PPP. What? What are you talking about? TTT, PPP? Zdeněk, have you gone mad? No, I haven't, listeners. I am talking in ELT jargon, English language teaching jargon. TTT, PPP, these are uh, the, the designs of lessons you can do as a teacher. These are the ways you can conduct your lessons win, uh, your lessons in. Basically, the assessors love TTT, okay? Anyway, what's TTT? Well, TTT is an approach uh, to teaching, and it's when you do a test first, when you test your students' knowledge, and then you kind of look at what they know, what they don't, and then you teach, so test test each test and then you test them again so you test them you see what they know and what they don't then you kind of clarify the language in a focused way just to pick up what they have problems with and then you test them again and they produce the language okay ppp is more like you present the language then you practice it and then they produce it so it's it's more um desirable to teach ttt lessons if you are on a delta course trust me so uh, it's a bit risky, though, because you have to uh, be flexible in the lesson. So, anyway, another thing I had in my lesson was a guided discovery. Guided discovery is an inductive approach to teaching. Now, inductive approach to teaching means that the students discover or work out the rules of the grammar themselves rather than you telling them and then they applying the rules. So, this is they see the context. They have uh, some questions, like you, you design a um, handout in which they have questions, grammar questions about the context, and they, they work out the rules themselves so they know how the, the language works by uh, realizing it themselves. They have this eureka moment or something. And again, it's considered to be really desirable these days, and you really want to use this in your lessons if you teach language lessons. Uh, because uh, the assessors will um, give you good marks. So you really want to do that. So, yeah, I had all this in my lesson, and it was a risk, because if things went wrong, the assessor would be ruthless. But I knew if things went right, it could be an amazing lesson, because I was really confident about the time clauses. I had done this many times at, at, at university. I loved analyzing the clauses. I loved making these diagrams of the hierarchy of clauses and all that. I've just, this is just one of the best things in life, generally, you know. There's nothing better than just analyze a, a complex, very complex sentence and try to pinpoint what's the main clause, what are the subordinate clauses and what kind of um, connection there is. Is it subordination 
where where is it in the sentence hierarchy oh it's just amazing uh, it gives me goosebumps you know uh i wonder if anyone if any of you guys listening to this can ever relate to this i don't know perhaps you can maybe you can why why should i uh, underestimate you, you in that but the truth is that a lot of people hate grammar yeah so i might be the weird one here i might be the geek um well let's go back i'm getting carried away here so yeah i wanted to say that that if i prepared it well this could this could be an amazing lesson and you know it always kind of depends on the students it depends on what kind of students turn up if they are dumb or if they are clever smart you never know you know if they are smart they can help you so much you have no idea it, it can hide your lack of for example instruction telling um this is a factor this is like one of those what what you might call it one of those factors that you don't know which way it's going to go you know sometimes like you have certainties in life you have like some cr- criteria some boxes you tick and if you do it well it's all it's all good but then you have some unpredictable factors and the students is one of them trust me if if you are uh, on a delta course the students is is the is the unpredictability factor um because you usually have the experience but uh, you know things can go different ways so um where was i where were we i need to practice this not to forget so just just to repeat if you have dumb students even giving clear instructions won't help you and i was aware of that oh boy i was especially after the lsa2 this was still in my head i was still traumatized at this point even though this was my last week my last assessed lesson so anyway I worked on this over the weekend. I wrote everything down. I had my essay proofread by my friend. It, it was all coming up the roses, or at least I thought it was. It was all going according to plan. I mean, what else was I supposed to do? I had done this three times before, so writing the essay was the least of the worries, I suppose. Okay, so now what what happened was that uh, the day of the assessed lesson came. And the hours before the lesson I was psyched out. You know, I was really stressed, nervous, uh, ants in my pants. I was partly excited, excited about the fact that it was all to be soon over. But um yeah, everybody was stressed. You can't prevent this. Even if you are a confident person, you can't prevent being stressed about this. It's just it's just so much pressure so much you have no idea how much pressure this is unless you have taken the delta course yourself it's more pressure than studying at university which i studied for 5 years it's so much more pressure um well i saw i saw how pale and even the most confident people looked when they were taking their lessons so this didn't help you know it's it's a bit I would say it's a bit infectious, it's a bit um, contagious, you know, this feeling of stress. Uh when other people are stressed, it makes you feel stressed too. There was so much adrenaline in my veins. Uh my heartbeat rate was very high and yeah, I listened to some music. I had these walks to calm calm myself down before every single lesson. It was like a ritual. I went to the shop, bought an energy drink, then while drinking it i was listening to this song let me play you this song i wonder if you will like it when the light 
So this is the song. It's like a trance, vocal trance song. You know, I like vocal trance. It's my favorite style of music. So this was what 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 was helping me get into the right mood for the lesson. Just I was trying to pump myself up. You know, I was trying to um, spur myself up or something like that. Yeah. So I also rehearsed the first five to ten minutes of the lesson, like the instructions and what I would say, because the first five minutes is it kind of can determine how the lesson is is going to go because it you can easily like you're always nervous before you start your lesson this is you can't prevent that but the first five lessons you can really calm yourself down if everything is going well your nerves will calm down you know so i try to memorize the first first bit um i inevitably forget i can't memorize the whole thing it's just not how i operate i prefer when i can improvise a little bit you know I hate it when I have to have a script and go by the script um, because I don't consider my memory to be my biggest strength, basically. And uh, yeah, I don't think I could be a stand-up comedian, for example. It would be too much pressure for me, way too much. And if I forgot one little bit, it would be emba- embarrassing, you know. So anyway, uh, there was one more thing I did, actually, and it was right before the walk, before this ritual walk. I, I watched the first episode of The Fear of the Walking Dead. So this, this is like this TV series about the zombies. And it's full of gore and full of uh, dead bodies and uh, blood. and Oh my god. So I watched this, which was, which was interesting. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I don't know why I did this. It's just, I've, I watched a thriller. Maybe you say, maybe I should have watched something more relaxing. I don't know. But... I wanted to be pumped up for the lesson, so I watched something like this. By the way, the external assessor who came to assess my lesson was Jonathan Marks, which is a famous name in ELT. And uh, he wrote, for example, Inside Teaching, as far as I know. I don't want to make a mistake in this, so let me check this, okay? Yeah, I've just... I've just checked this. It's it's um it's one of the like bibles of the of the de- uh, delta. If you want to study for delta, you read inside teaching. One of the bibles. It's not all just Scott Thornbury, okay? 
it can be Jonathan Marks and and also yeah he wrote this book along with uh, Bowen yeah Jonathan Marks and Tim Bowen so this guy was uh, was um, was about to assess my external lesson uh, how exciting right um, he looked so cold he looked so smart the first time I saw him I shook hands with him and he was he was looking really really smart and um, cold and was smart even in in the dressing way uh, so he, he was wearing a suit and yeah yeah but he was so professional you know he didn't he didn't budge he wouldn't move he just he didn't laugh or anything during the lesson he was so passive and so professional he's just taking the notes it almost made me feel insecure you know well to be honest with you during the lesson I sweated bullets but I did what I could there was this ridiculous problem I had with technology um I couldn't get the recording up and running. By the way, speaking of the recording, have I have I played it to you yet? The one context that I recorded with my friend. I don't think I did. Let me play it to you. Sanki, do you realize that our Delta course is coming to an end? One more week to go? I can't believe it. Neither can I. It's gone by so fast. I hope my last lesson goes well. I'm a bit stressed about it. Don't be. I'm sure you'll do okay. I'll go for a walk before the lesson starts. This really helps me calm down. Great idea. When the lesson is over, it will be a huge relief for me. Yeah, for me too. As soon as it finishes, I'll get drunk. <laughs> be careful. Czech beer and a British man are a deadly combination. Don't get carried away too much. Don't worry. I won't. By the way, how long are you going to stay in the Czech Republic? Not sure. Depends how drunk I get. I'll probably stay here until the weather gets bad. Yeah, enjoy the sunshine while you still can. Yeah, I will. Anyway, Sanki, uh, can I borrow your computer, please? Yeah, after I finish my lesson, I'll lend it to you. Cool, good man. Okay, so this is the recording. And just to explain the situation, my students had to wait like 20 seconds. There was 20 seconds of silence because it just my computer wouldn't play it. I don't know why. I had tested it before. I had tried it and it worked. It worked on the VLC player. And then somehow during the lesson, it wouldn't play. I couldn't believe it. So then fortunately, I realized I could play it in the in the Microsoft Media Player. So it dawned on me and I, I, I made it work. But this is how my lesson started. So it didn't start it well, right? Anyway, I think I delivered the lesson in the best possible way I could. There were some problems. There were a few problems. Like one student didn't understand the instructions. Yeah, and so on. But I thought overall the lesson was far from being as bad as uh, the LSA 2. I thought it was something like the third lesson, to be honest with you. I still thought my, my best lesson was the first one. I don't know why. But I, I was quite, I was quite confident and relieved, so relieved after after this lesson ended. You have no idea how relieved I was. So it was, it was all over. My Delta course ended, and you think that I would find out the results, right? Do you think that they would tell me how I did if I passed the course or not? All it boiled down to was now just the the last lesson, the the LSA four, because I had passed, I had passed one skills lesson. So I had to pass one 
language lesson, and I cu- it couldn't be it couldn't be the it couldn't be the first one because the last lesson is always the one that counts. So you sent to Cambridge your best skills lesson, which for me it was the LSA three because I felt LSA two. That's why I had to pass LSA three, and then you have to pass LSA four. So you send it to Cambridge, and then the way it works here in Prague, and it's very unfortunate. As much as I like the place, it's very unfortunate. But you have to wait more than two months for the result. I have really high high hopes that this lesson went well, and it was a pass. I am like eighty percent confident that this lesson was passed. It could even be a merit. If it is a merit, then I could receive the merit for the whole course, which would be amazing. But Because this is kind of subjective, I am still a little bit worried that it could be a fail. Because there were some problems in this lesson, so I don't know. I can't really tell. But hopefully, hopefully, I will pass this. I don't think that I, I will be able to record the last episode if I fail this. I don't think I will record the, the fifth part. I will just announce it in a quick message and just move on. Pro- I will pro- probably stop stop doing this podcast, to be honest with you, because... It's so demotivating. It's so it can get you so much down. When you think you are good at something you are doing, and then you fail, you have no idea how hard it is to fail a lesson. And in this episode, I was I was describing what happened to me during my LSA two and what it did to me, how I started behaving after that. Uh, this course showed me what kind of person I am. You know. That I, I really find it hard to cope with failures. So uh, I think I think um, some of you might relate to something like that. Um, I'm sure some of you have failed an exam. So that's it, listeners, from me for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you are fine, and thank you for your comments and messages that I received from that, that I received from you from time to time. It's really cool to know that there are some people out there. Who listen to this podcast? It's really great to have an audience, and there is there is a group of people who listen. It's um, more than 150 people, and it's great. And I thank you for it so much. If you want to help uh, help me a little bit here, why don't you just uh, tell your friends about the podcast? Why don't you tell your students in in case you're a teacher? Please do so. I mean, you know that this can be beneficial. I received a message from this guy. That saying that it really helps him to listen to my podcast, and sometimes I wonder why would uh, someone listen to my podcast, a podcast of a non-native uh, speaker? Well, that's perhaps because I'm a qualified, educated teacher, and my English level is high. I mean, it's C1, C2, something like this. So I think I'm the right person to do this. I might not have best English, but you can still learn from me. I think you can always learn uh, from somebody whose English is better than yours. So if 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 you feel like my English is better than yours, then I think you are in the right place, and it can help you. You know. So anyway, on this note, I would like to end this episode. I would like to wrap it up. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being such wonderful listeners, faithful and loyal, and all that. And hopefully, hopefully, in the next episode. I will be able to tell you that I passed the, the whole course, that I passed module two of the Delta, hopefully. Okay. I don't want to jinx it. Touch wood. Hopefully, I will uh, be talking to you next time in a celebrating manner.
Bye.